you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. I'm your host, James Coe, joined alongside by the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin. What's going on, man? Yo, man, it's a beautiful Friday here. I love that the weather, and I feel weird saying this, but I love that it's getting just slightly cooler. Because now I, can, now I can sleep with my window open, and it's like perfect sleeping temperature. This is what everyone tuned in for, to hear about what Gellar is like when he sleeps. <laughs> that was uh, the end of the discussion. By the, the way, I, I, I also <laughs> like the fact that, you know, obviously he's from Wisconsin. He, he refuses to say it's colder. Because it's not. Because it's not. It's cooler. <laughs> Definitely a little frigid when I woke up this morning. That's pretty good. I, I, had to say, I had to put on a hoodie last night. I like it. I absolutely love yeah. it. Uh, we got MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's going on? Um, I learned just a little while before we came up here to podcast that uh, Jordan Sparks follows me on Twitter, so you can't tell me anything right now. Woo! Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> just humble brag right to whoa. start. Hey, hey. Uh, can we get a backstory on that? Wait, what? I, look, I don't know. I mean, look, the, we follow her. You know, I mean, we get guests and stuff on the network okay. that aren't necessarily football related, and I know that we follow her from the fantasy handle. Oh, um, I see. And so I just happened to click on her profile, and I saw the little message on TweetDeck that says, "Oh hell yeah!" Follows Marcus G. I so mean, let's go. so you hit that follow back, right? Hell yeah! Hell okay. Yeah. Two things. Two, two, two things here. One, not to you know, put a damper on your parade here. Don't okay. tell me she follows you too. She does not follow me. Oh, okay, well, I, not not to my knowledge. Oh, uh, but right. you know, she follows like five thousand people. Right, right? but it's five thousand as opposed to the Tay Diggs of the world yeah, who follow that's like not five hundred. <laughs> right, exactly. Any, no, no, that's no, 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 no. Fine. Any anytime, anytime somebody follows more than a th- like more than a thousand she has like people, five million followers. Their follows don't mean anything. Well, I would say the ratio wow, for her you passes are so that, but passes that sniff test. She follows. She she is followed by like five. Million people, so right? To follow five. I don't know. It's not a I, big yeah, deal. I, I still find it questionable anytime that somebody follows update, more than two thousand. Update. People. Now he's stretching it. Update. Jordan Sparks <laughs> does not follow me either. <laughs> I don't think she follows me either. That's uh, what I'm saying. Okay. I was checking since she yeah. follow you. And okay. follow me. Well, um, fair enough. We're Here's not a, handsome uh, TV personalities, though. So. Speak for yourself. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
Here we go. <laughs> uh, who's Matt Harmon? Who's an idiot? Oh, well, uh, Matt Harmon. Who's an idiot? Uh, yep. Matt Harmon. Who's an idiot? Three times. Triple take. Triple take. <laughs> this is setting up to be a good show. Yeah, it is. Uh, off to a rip-roaring start, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Harmon, how are your folks in West Virginia? I don't know. Because I don't have any folks in West Virginia. Oh, I'm not from there. I'll uh, tell you what, I've read some awful things about my people in North Carolina, though, but we'll leave that uh, oh. We'll leave that alone. Right. But, uh, we hey. Shall. We shall. Uh, well, things are good, though. Thanks for asking. Okay, good. <laughs> we got a big show in front of us here today. Franchise will join us a little bit later with his fiery phone in. we got Thursday Night Football Reaction, and we're going to go EDG as well every damn game. And, of course, give you some deep sleepers as well. But, as always, we start with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. All right, let's start in New England. Gronk reportedly has a perforated lung. Perforated. Perforated lung. That's the verbiage we're supposed to use now. That was, sounds painful. Punctured was what first came through, but we had an email from a semi-shadowy league figure that said, please refer to this injury as perforated lung. That's, mm. By the way, uh, that's dumb. <laughs> I will just say that. I've talked to a couple of different of my uh, doctor friends, and they're like, there's no Humble such. Brag. You've got a lot of doctor friends. I do. I, every one? every time we have bring up an injury, I feel like you've got a source on this. He's got shadowy doctor friends. <laughs> 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 they, they, they both told me there's no such thing. There is no such thing as a as a quote-unquote perforated lung. It's it's a punctured lung. Hmm. And, and then there's degrees. That's what it's a we minor, were told. Bottom line is, it's a minor puncture of the lung, uh, possibly from that massive hit he took from Earl Thomas. Probably. When you know, when the first story first hit earlier in the week, uh, the talk was, well, he might just miss one game. If I had a punctured lung, I know, dude. <laughs> you wouldn't see me around here for a while. Hmm. I know. Exactly. <laughs> well, allegedly, uh, they mentioned this on the ATM pod. Tony Romo like missed he did. five he, snaps with a punctured he, lung. He uh, actually, a couple years ago. Well, I mean, Grant finished that game. It was crazy. It was in a, a game. Oddly enough, it get, maybe not oddly enough, but it was against the 49ers a few years back, and he punctured his oh, lung. I remember that. Uh, he sat out for a few plays. He came back, and I believe he ended up throwing a game-winning touchdown pass in that one too. Hmm. I think I, I think I gut it out. If I had one, I come, I come oh, in here, I come in here, write some, stop. write some bangers. You get mad when I touch your hair. Well, that's different than a puncture. <laughs> I mean, oh. breathing, whatever. But please don't mess with my hair. Uh, he is not expected to play Sunday versus the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, a lot of folks are going to be very fired up about Martellus Bennett. Uh, I will say though, I think that he comes with a little bit of variance. Uh, because the Patriots can do whatever the hell they want against that Niners defense, and if that means a lot of LeGarrette Blunt, if that means a lot of Julian Edelman, maybe that's what that means. I don't know, but the uh, the upside is obviously there. I just think his floor could be in the middle of the pack as well because, again, the Patriots are going to be able to do whatever it is that they want to do. Uh, we'll go to Seattle. Christian Michael. Oh, I guess it's not Seattle. It's Green Bay. Christian Michael was shockingly cut. We haven't had a podcast, though, since this happened. That's so. right. I mean, for people that only consume news through this show. <laughs> I would Thank you. Know. Thank you. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, uh, people are very up-to-date on their Christian Michael news as well. That's true. He's such a huge deal, man. Christian Michael's uh, shockingly cut by Seattle. Then he got woke again when he was claimed off waivers by Green Bay. Mm. What does it mean for Starks? So excited. What does it mean? For Christian Michael. Not for Starks. Okay. What does it mean, Alex Yelhar? Well, what it means is he's probably not – I would assume he's not going to play this week. If he does, it might be like 
a series. I think before. he tra- I think he was still traveling on Thursday. Yeah, too. and he was coming off a hamstring injury, so okay. they'll probably they'll probably sit him. Starks is a great start this week against Washington. Yeah, great start. But moving forward, like uh, as I know you quoted in news and notes, which is a good piece everybody should read on NFL.com/fantasy. I tweeted out that fat, like injured, slow Eddie Lacy was averaging 5.1 yards per carry That's in his offense earlier. Now TJ Lang is out this week, and uh, we'll see how he heals up for the future. So injuries are mounting, but Michael could be a serious threat for this offense down the stretch because he. At least, even if he doesn't make the quote-unquote right reads, which I think was part of the reason Seattle kicked him to the curb in addition to not playing special teams, he at least hits wherever he's going like a cannon and doesn't dance to the outside like Starks does. So I'd be very excited about his upside in this offense if he even earns 50% of the backfield touches. You boys buying? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I, let's not also forget that they did trade for Niall Davis and then eventually cut him too. So, I mean, oh, yeah, easily be a situation where nothing happens. But it's certainly exciting. I think it's it's probably more – I mean, the NFL is more fun with Kristen Michael in it. Let's oh, God. <laughs> and the fact that he's on the same team with Jeff Janis. Like, Seriously. Oh, that's right. He's Truthers unite. Truthers unite. All the truther oh, meetings are going to happen in Green Bay from now on. I love on. it. Now oh. they need to just sign, what, Vernon Adams or whatever from Vernon uh, Adams from, from the o- CFL. Oregon. And yeah. now we're cooking. <laughs> oh, Beautiful. my gosh. It's uh, the most but, athletic practice squad ever seriously but at the, hey these guys are on the active roster come oh, on my bad. Uh, but i think that I, I think this probably ends up mattering more by the time fantasy is over for most people like it, i think chris and michael could be cooking you know by the time that fantasy championships have already been said and done or, or just in time for that revenge game in week. Or, or just in time yeah no i mean oh. the, the revenge game is obviously something pretty serious i don't know I, I, yeah, let's go i probably feel more measured now than I did when it first happened, but it's the same because this is a very traditional coaching staff that you know obviously puts a ton of emphasis on players knowing the playbook. You know that's yeah. why that's why your boy James Starks just keeps getting rolled out there, and that is not something that Chris and Michael has been terribly good at. Been, been very good at. Yeah. No. So there, yeah, there's certainly risk, but the upside is there. If somebody yes. dropped him and you are in the playoff hunt, grab and stash him. Oh yeah, I definitely think he should be owned uh, across all formats. I think he's a good stash for sure. All right, let's go to Seattle. The aforementioned Seattle. Chris Mortensen reporting that CJ Prosize will remain Seattle's starter for Hell the yeah. immediate future, and that Thomas Rawls will be quote eased back in slowly. This, despite the fact that Pete Carroll <clears throat> said Rawls was going to be quote significantly involved via the team's website. I what, what is that? <laughs> not buying it, not buying it. MG, what say you? Uh, I mean, I, I I believe this second story, that ProSize is going to remain the starter, and right. at least for this week, he is going to see the bulk of the touches in the backfield. Now, I, I don't know that that's going to be the case indefinitely. I mean, I think once Rawls is kind of back into game speed and, and they get him a, a few snaps back there. Right. I could see week 12, week 13, that split come down a little bit and be a little bit more even. But for this week, uh, I think, you know, not only will ProSize kind of be that guy, I actually think he's a better matchup for the defense they're facing. I mean, I think he has a guy who catches the ball out of the backfield who can line up and be a legit slot receiver. Uh, I think he is more of a matchup problem for the Eagles than Thomas Rawls would be. Look, I, I believe Dwight Eisenhower was in office when we last saw Thomas Rawls play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I if mean, only we had point. franchise here to confirm that since he right, was alive. Since, around since he was in his mid-teens then. Oh, um, man. Like, the, the thing, I mean, calling Thomas Rawls anything but a complete wild card is being disingenuous. I mean, I don't think he would get more than 
maybe 10 carries at most in this first game back. Uh, and also, by the way, uh, Seattle's a pass-first offense now, and that's exactly what C.J. Procise does. In 2014, they threw a pass on 44.5% of the plays they ran. That jumped to 47.2 last year, and this year it's all the way up to 57.5. So it's a big jump. They're they're a pass-heavy team now, and that's what C.J. Procise is, not Thomas Rawls. I'm pretty sure I saw – I was just pulling up their uh... – page to double check it but i think cj process already has more targets than Kristen michael had all year oh yeah I mean, that well, would surprise me well cj process actually like runs routes and can, catch, and the can ball. catch the ball outside and and michael is not a threat to do either one of those things no but it just speaks to how they want to deploy him yeah he is 16 oh he's 10 10 targets behind but he's played you know in all of like two games two, right yeah, right all right, so there you go. Uh, Victor Cruz back in practice. Should be good to go Sunday versus Chicago. Oh, by the way, Chicago's given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks. Deshaun Jackson still dealing with a shoulder injury. Now, last week when we, to- when we told you about Deshaun Jackson, the expectation was that he would miss uh, last week and this week. He was a limited participant in practice Thursday. I didn't get an injury report for Friday, but he's likely to be a game-time decision unless something new came out. Mm -hmm. I think you're right about that. Green Bay gives up the fourth most fantasy points to the wide receiver uh, position. Man, I hope he doesn't play, and not even as a Packer fan, just for the fantasy impact, because this is a great spot to start everybody else, and if you add him in there, it's going to muddle things up. You look at the target distribution, Jordan Reed, uh, Jamison Crowder, and then Pierre Garçon. All within three targets of each other, really, between mm-hmm. 62 and 65 targets. And Vernon Davis has been a oh my pretty gosh. big factor. The, the, guy, the guy's been weeks. legit for like the last three, four weeks. If 90- Deshaun, you're right. Gellhart, you're right. If, if, if Deshaun Jackson does come back, now we're talking about the distribution share just being all over the place and having no idea where the ball's going to be going. Yeah. It would, hurt, it would hurt Crowder and Garcon the most in my mind. I think like Reed's just going to destroy the Packers this week, but mm. we'll see how it goes. All right, there you go. In Kansas City, a couple pieces of news here. Jeremy Macklin mispracticed this week, coming back from a groin injury. Sounds like he's probably not going to play Sunday versus Tampa Bay. He he sounds very, very doubtful if he hasn't already been ruled out by the time you hear this. Uh, Marcus Peters, their star cornerback, mispracticed all week this Mm. week. He's got a hip injury. Now, at first, they were not worried about him missing Sunday's game. But I'll say this, he didn't practice today. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure he'll be a quote-unquote game-time decision, but that doesn't bode well for a guy like Marcus Peters. Now, Now, Friday in practice is extremely important. Right, exactly. Now, why do I bring up Marcus Peters? Well, they're taking on Tampa Bay. Any kind of injury to Marcus Peters, I would imagine, has got to boost the the value for Mike Evans, no? It doesn't even really matter, though, to be honest. Like, I don't think it was going to make a big difference anyways because Kelvin Benjamin was just the next receiver last week that has just ripped up the uh, – and, I mean, he didn't have a huge game but accumulated the majority of his yards, lined up at left wide receiver. Mike Evans takes most a bunch of his snaps there, too. I think it's just so easy to exploit the Chiefs because they just play straight-up base defense. They leave Marcus Peters at left cornerback, and they can just you can just move your top receiver to the other side. I mean, we saw Allen Robinson get off the schneid there against the Chiefs doing just that. So I don't think it really makes a huge difference, but I love Evans either way this week. Uh, it does make a difference if you want to stream Jameis Winston, which I don't know if you'd really want to do that this week, but if no Peters is out there, it's less opportunities for mistakes. Will Fuller has been coming back from a leg injury. He's practiced this week. Uh, It sounds like he should be good to go for the Monday night. Is it in Mexico City? Mexico City. is in Mexico Mexico City. City Tilt versus Oakland. Obviously, it's a tremendous matchup. Uh, Unfortunately, 
he plays with Brock Osweiler. Mm. Right. I mean, I feel like at this point in the season, matchup no longer means anything for Texans wide receivers because <laughs> right. because Brock Osweiler has defeated them all. He's like, so bad. <laughs> he just I he saw threw this. for 99 yards last week, James. That in, makes no sense. In the whole game. Um, Not like in a half or a quarter. I, I, I wrote about this too, but I saw and I couldn't believe it. Brock Osweiler has the lowest yards per attempt, passing attempt, in the league. How is that possible when you have DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, Braxton Miller, Jalen Strong to a degree? I just what? Just to, this this stat that I tweeted out this week really gives context to just how bad how bad Brock Osweiler has been. DeAndre Hopkins is on pace for 158 targets, and he's currently the wide receiver 35 in fantasy since 2011. Only one wide receiver has seen 150 plus targets and not finished in the top 24. That was Larry Fitzgerald in 2012. Who was he playing? That, with? Was that when he had the that was Skelton, Lindley, yep. Max Hall, Max, Max Hall. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Max Hall. it is just like oh. I, I did a study on this before the uh, before yeah before the season, like just how improbable it is for. Yeah a wide receiver to see that much volume and not finish as a at Top least guy. a wide receiver too. Right. Nuke looks like he's on track to beat the odds. Or I guess you could say that there's some regression coming, but holy hell, it seems unlikely with old Brock back there. I think Will Fuller's averaged less than 20 yards receiving per game over his last three games. Well, he's been he's been completely banged up. Yeah. Like, it's been a, it's been a rough go for him. Like, that not momentum good. that he had early in the year, it's, it's gone right now. All right, there you go. Let's react to Thursday night football. A good game. In real life, I guess. Well, hmm. <laughs> a good game in real life. Well, hmm. It, I, it, it I, ended <laughs> interestingly <laughs> yeah, enough. Exactly. That's what it was. That's what it the was. The NFL, fun to watch, right? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Honestly, like people are getting so liberal with just bashing games on Twitter. I'm like, do you guys even like football? Like, they're just everybody seems any even any t- game is like. It they, was not a great first half. It was one sided and yeah, dull. also and ugly. It, 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 of- it ended well. It, the ending was good. I know, but that's my point. Like, this, as soon as, like, football starts, like, in the first quarter, if it's not immediately, like, hogs out right away, everybody just lines up to complain about the game. Like, do people even, like, like watching football anyway? Yeah, so, like, that was my whole reaction to it was, like, oh, that was a pretty good game. But then I was thinking back about, like, how much ugly, like, football we actually saw. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe it was – it was an above – you know, I'll say this. It was an above average. I just think – I'm just – it's a side rant. I just think people are – going a little too far to complain about literally every game that's in in primetime ever. But whatever, separate discussion. All right, let's go. New Orleans, Drew Brees uh, was ugly in the first half, was ugly basically through three quarters, really. Uh, had a good had himself a good fourth quarter. Uh, overall, a pretty decent fantasy day. Any takeaways there? Uh, it's what true. you said. He was, he was out of the Superdome, so it wasn't completely electric, but he still put up numbers that he's been doing all year. Wide receiver reaction there. Michael Thomas picked up a bunch of garbage time points. Willie Sneed, Brandon Cooks. No one did really too much of anything. There wasn't a lot offensively to speak of in this game. I mean, on either side. I know we'll get to the Panthers in just a bit. But, um, I mean, I guess, you know, Tim Hightower ended up having a pretty decent night. I mean, a lot lot of that was because, unfortunately, Mark Ingram uh, left the game with, what, concussion symptoms. uh, So, that basically forced the Saints to have to lean on Tim Hightower in the second half, so he ended up you know, producing a decent number. But, I mean, this wasn't the kind of performance I think we expected from either side. And, you know, I, I, I wondered last night after the game, especially in the Saints side, but even the Panthers side, like how much of this was just, you know, unproductive football, just teams not able to execute. And 
I do think there is something to be said, and we've talked about it before, about Thursday night games and oh, yeah. even you know the yeah. short week, short week yeah. the especially the road to travel. Um, I mean, because this is an offense with a lot of firepower, and they just didn't really show it last night. And I think it's just another case of us getting TNF'd. <laughs> That's Tim, a good expression. By the way, Tim Hightower <laughs> yeah. led all Saints players in targets. He had nine. Yeah, Mark uh, Ingram left with a, a concussion. Yeah, or at some point in the game. Yeah, he had four targets. Brand Cooks had eight. Why did he have five? And then why did Kobe Fleener have five? Because, dude, he's the, the, they paid him seventeen or fourteen million dollars guaranteed this offseason. No, Kobe. Oh, I mean, they did, <laughs> no, they, they did it. So stop it off, Saints. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like it didn't. I mean, Drew Brees didn't look good in this game. The whole Saints offense didn't look very good. He averaged only four or five point four intended air yards per attempt. I mean, that's drastically low just for context cam newton had 10 drew Brees had 8.6 in their last meeting against carolina so that's that's really poor i mean they just could not push the ball down the field at all and i also think that that's that means that this panthers defense is definitely not back to the level that it was during the super bowl run it's on the upswing but though. it is no longer like a, a complete joke like it was the first month of the season they're rushing the passer better they're they're secondary james bradbury is a player to watch in the future as a, as a pretty good up-and-coming corner uh they're a better defense now of course luke keekley scary concussion moment there Holy as well yeah, that in that scary. game uh so that could be a, a bit of a problem going forward, but the Panthers' defense definitely improved. I think this is about as much time we should spend on a game with this little offensive production, but is anybody worried about Newton going forward with the, with the offensive line issues? Yes, so I, I've been writing a piece now after all the primetime games for Next Gen Stats, kind of breaking down the biggest storyline of the game, and the one that I talked about last night was just the, the pressure that the Panthers have been allowing. Uh, Next Gen Stats has a pressure metric that measures how far away defensive players literally get to the corner or the quarterback at the time of snap or throw and the Panthers have been uh, below average at allowing or above average at allowing pressure on Cam Newton going back to week six I mean never thought we'd say this but this team really misses Michael Orr not not in a good way they've been above average yes they've been allowing an above average amount of pressure on him right uh yeah so like and then Ryan Khalil got hurt again last night so they had to slide Chris Scott over who is 340 pounds I mean, it's it's not good right now there on the offensive line, and I think it's going to derail the Panthers' season. Like they, some of these parts of this team look like they could make a playoff run. Newton's still playing reasonably well, but not with his protection, no way. Both. And and Stewart too. I mean, eighteen for thirty-one. Yeah, last averaged night. under two yards a carry. That is gross. He was getting crushed in the backfield a lot when I was watching it, or he was having. He got frustrated too. He right? was having to fight to yes. get to the line yeah. of scrimmage, like yes. the, when he should have been getting extra yards after contact to yeah. add to his total. They were to not lose his total. If it was any redeeming factor, he did score a touchdown there. Kelvin Benjamin just three catches, fifty-six yards. He Ten also hit. left for a stretch too. Ted Ginn had three catches, 46, and a beautiful long touchdown pass catch. That was great. That was cool. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Let's talk about Franchise's fiery phone-in. Let's hear from him. Prepare yourselves for heat. It's Franchise's fiery phone-in of the week. My fire take is that Alfred Moore gets revenge on the Redskins. Revenge! Revenge! <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, Franchise here coming at you with my fire takes of the week. I'm actually in San Francisco this morning. 49ers fans, I can see you in the streets. MG, I know this is your hood in the Bay Area. Let's go. Let's get a win this week for the 49ers. That would be fire. All right, my lock of the week. 
is Isaiah Crowell of the Cleveland Browns. I know what you're thinking. This guy has not played well recently. He's actually sucked recently. I own him. He's been on my bench, hasn't been doing anything. But here's the deal. The Steelers lost defensive end Cameron Hayward out for the season. That's a huge blow to the defensive line. Without him, the Steelers have allowed 181 rushing yards per game compared to 80.3 when he actually starts. Look, Crowell only needs 15 touches to produce. We've seen that this year. He hasn't had that kind of volume only once in week seven in recent weeks. He had 79 yards and a touchdown when he saw 15 touches. And he took responsibility for not getting Crowell involved enough. He said, look, this guy is really talented. We just got to give him the ball more, and we haven't been doing that. So I think the Browns are going to make a statement early, get Crowell the ball, and he's going to be able to produce for fantasy teams this week against the Steelers. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to lay out my bust here, but just hold your horses before you come at me. Ezekiel Elliott goes up against the number one Whoa. run defense in the league in the Baltimore Ravens. Oh. Ezekiel Elliott is not going to sink your fantasy teams. I'm just trying to say... Temper expectations. I know he's the best running back in the league right now, but the Ravens are only allowing 63.8 rushing yards per game and only three rushing touchdowns to running backs all season long. If you don't like it, come at me on Twitter. It's a fire <laughs> take. I don't know what you want. The room is burning up right now. All right, my sleeper this week is Rashad Jennings against the Bears. Look, we've seen the Rashad Jennings volume uptick the last four games. He's had touches of 13, 15, 14, 18 in the last four games. We saw him produce against the Bengals last week. People might say, well, yeah, but what about Paul Perkins? He's been getting some work. Perkins is washed in his rookie year already. What? Look, that's a joke. But I love that. Joke. I think Jennings is going to have a big game. The Bears defense has been pretty tough against running backs, but they're a different team on the road. They're allowing 29 points per game and 390 yards per game on the road. Uh, they're allowing about half those points and 279 yards per game at home. I think the the Giants are going to try to control the ball here, control the clock, and the Bears offense is going to struggle. Get my ready for this. fire, fire, fire take of the week. Abs- my computer just spontaneously combusted as I'm reading this. <laughs> I'm going with Akeem Hunt of the what? Houston Texans no. on, against bro. the Raiders on Monday night. I think he's going to be relevant put up top 15 numbers. Hear me out here. The Warriors have seen his volume downtick the last few weeks. Alfred Blue is backup, not practicing with a calf injury. He got hurt last week, and Hunt came in for 30% of the snaps, had eight eight attempts for 52 yards, and had a 33-yard run called back on a penalty. This guy is a spark this Texans offense needs. I think they're going to get him the ball. He's a big play guy. And the Raiders, while their defense has been shored up a little bit lately, they still have allowed 940 rushing yards to running backs this season. That's fourth most in the NFL. So go with Akeem Hunt if you need a deep running back play with some upside. That's my fire take. Those are my calls for the week. I'm Franchise. This has been the Fiery Phone-In. I'll catch you guys Monday. Good luck in Week 11. Franchise out. You know what's funny <laughs> about that is that you could tell his pants were on. Yeah, well, because well, he's, he's, he's yeah. in San Fran he's with, not at home. with That's the, what I'm saying. the fiancé. That's what so. I'm saying. You know what I mean? He's he's on vacay with the fiance. He's he's definitely got the pants on. A little more tempered than usual. Still some yeah. heat. Still some heat on the takes. Oh right? yeah, definitely heat on the takes. But you know, oh you my. Had a, uh, all right, bear with me, everybody. Yeah, yeah, I imagine they're like in the hotel room. She's like, "Let's go do something." He's like, "Hold on, I got to do this quick." And he's like, "Oh god, I can't." <laughs> yeah, right. Be that 
I mean, she d- he, he doesn't want to make her question it's the, the beginning ring on of, her It's finger, the beginning yeah. of their weekend, too. Right, like, right. they got all day and you know, <laughs> put most of tomorrow, I'm sure, to hang out. He doesn't want to set that tone. Darling, why were you screaming <laughs> oh, about Isaiah Crowell in our hotel room? Why were your pants off? <laughs> I, I just like to imagine going like, actually, can, I, I have to take my pants off for this. But you're just talking into <laughs> yeah. a computer. I have to take can, my pants off. Or you can be like, can you go to the lobby? She's like, yeah. not going to the lobby. Like, then I'm taking my pants off. <laughs> It's about to get weird. Oh, my God. That was tremendous. We'll get the full report from him on the environment of the recording on on Monday. Yes, absolutely. Or what if he was in, like, the lobby? What if he had to leave, too? And that's why he had to keep the pants on and, like, Maybe the fiancé is doing her own phone-in. Yeah, maybe. You know? I mean, she's a a powerful, uh, you know, employee in the music industry. Seriously. She She gets stuff done. She makes us look like a bunch of plebes. No, we are a bunch (laughs) of real (laughs) problems. And we're over here talking about franchise pants being (laughs) off or on for uh, (laughs) a fantasy. It's uh, it's gone on a little while. How does anyone listen to this show? I don't know, but bless all of you. I Thank know. you. I love it. Let's talk deep sleepers. <laughs> it's Friday, which means you're desperate. The waiver wire is picked thin. We need some deep sleepers here for the folks. Matthew Harmon, get me a deep sleeper. You throw me off every time you call me Matthew. Just uh, tell me but your damn deep sleeper. Terrence Williams. <laughs> Terrence oh. Williams oh. is my Ooh. deep sleeper this week. Okay. Is he going to get out of bounds? So, well, we, oh. we, I don't know about that, but you don't lose oh. points for – mistakes of boundary related <laughs> things within fantasy football. Uh so the as franchise mentioned, yes. the Cowboys are going against the Ravens this week. Uh Jimmy Smith, their top cornerback, he has not practiced all week. Or he did practice today finally, I think. Uh, he's dinged but, up for sure. But he's he's dinged up but all along they've said they expect him to play. He's probably gonna shadow Des Bryant. He's shadowed three receivers so far this year, Sammy Watkins, Brandon Marshall, Terrell Pryor. Mm. He held them to a combined 80, 87 yards. Wait, combined? Combined, all three of them. And what? He completely blanked Brandon Marshall when he shattered him, too. Oh, my. But anyways, so he's he's a top cover corner. He's one of the more underrated cornerbacks in the league. Oh, he's probably sure. going to cover Des Bryant. If there's one thing we've seen about Dak Prescott, it is that he does not force things. Nope. If, if Bryant's not there, he's not going to look for him. He's going to take like the this. open matchup. I like this. Cole Beasley, I mean, obviously he would be the next guy up. But at the same time, Baltimore's been really good at holding down slot receivers. Uh, they've they've been very very strong in that regard. Okay. Uh, Forty three measly yards allowed to tight end the last month too. So I mean, it's not going to be Jason Witten. So this is where Dallas loses. This is what this is what I've got this, for franchise fire. I think that this could uh-huh. be a good. I think this could be a good spot for them to potentially you know not lose this game. Maybe defensively they don't have a lot of good matchups, but Baltimore has bled production to the right wide receiver position okay. where where Terrence Williams lines up because they've had a weird combination of Sharice Wright. And oh. Tavon Young oh. starting at that position. Oh, that's mm. not going to get the job done. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, give me a deep sleeper. Uh, I'm going to the tight end spot, and I'm looking at Charles Clay Uh-oh. in Buffalo, taking on the Bill or uh, taking on the Bengals this week. Why? It's a deep sleeper. I'm just kidding. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> oh, oh, can't we to judge your choice? <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, like the the Bengals. They at times can play really good defense. At times, they can look extremely undisciplined and right. not know what they seem to be doing. They have been lit up by the position. And, yes, they did play the Patriots, so you've got the Gronk factor in there. But they gave up 90-plus yards to both Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they got beat up by Gary Barnes. They got beat up by the Giants' tight end. That's there, interesting. There's <laughs> not a tight end of note playing for the Giants, but we'll somehow. the science hey, guy? Dude. Hey, Sherelle uh, Adams commands your respect. My bad. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, but the Bengals have just been really beat up interesting. by the tight end position over the last month or so. And, I mean, let's face it. 
the Bills don't necessarily have a lot of consistent go-to pass catchers. Robert Woods has certainly played well for the last couple of weeks. Sure. He isn't necessarily a game-breaker. Tyrod Taylor has had to kind of hold this offense together any way he knows how, and so some of that may involve getting the ball to Charles Clay if he can get open down the field. All right, there you go. Whiskey from Wisconsin, what you got? I'm going with Eddie Royal. And the Chicago Bears. That's so, oh, that's so, that's when, so when, he, when, he, when he sighed and paused, I was waiting for like a Jared Aberderis or something. Yeah. Oh, I, I was waiting. <laughs> that's team. That's, that's, dude. Chalk. Don't even, look, don't even listen. That's what? so chalk. He's, just playing, it. Chalk. He's just playing it safe. What are you talking about? How is this chalk? Okay. Playing it safe. Just go. He's battling turf toe. He hasn't played a game. In he's like Eddie Royal. Six. Oh, well, now I'm convinced. It's Eddie Royal. However, he's been limited in practice all week. Okay. And he, we know he and Cuddy have had a bromance going back to their days in Denver with Alshon gone. That's true. Cuddy's got Cuddy's to throw the ball somewhere, and I'm not going to jump on the Cam Meredith bandwagon yet just because Brian Hoyer pummeled him with like 13 targets two games in a row. I think Eddie Royal it could be a decent spot. And also, they're playing the Giants. They have good they have good outside corners, but they have been beaten in the slot a few times this year. Cole Beasley and I think Randall Cobb had a decent game against him. He might have been out. But needless to say, they've been beaten in the slot a few times. So if you need a desperation dart throw in PPR, look to Eddie Royal. I could easily see him getting like five for 66. I, will I actually like you... that call a lot. Thank you. <laughs> I figured you would just be a contrarian because I teased Mark. Well, yeah, of course. I will give you Jermaine Jackson five curse. Jermaine Taking on Jackson oh. five. Oh. I don't understand that reference. It's as easy as ABC. Jer- Jermaine Jackson. Oh, I don't know. It's he is easy, one of the easy Jackson one, two, three. Uh, okay, thank you. <clears throat> All right, listen. Uh, they're taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. They've given up the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers over the last four weeks. So the matchup, I think, is there. I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson playing much better, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks. They're playing at home. Uh, I think they're going to be comfortable there. I think Russell Wilson's really starting to come around. And, again, they're starting to lean on the passing game a lot more. Uh, Jermaine Curse is actually uh, playing, last week played 80% of the uh, wide receiver snaps, 20% more than Tyler Lockett, as much as it pains Matt Harmon's I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I actually think Lockett's going to have a good week too, but continue. But Jermaine Curse, I think, is – a. You know, again, he's a deep sleeper. I don't know if he's going to produce, but I could see it happening. I, I'll go out on a limb and say five catches for 80 yards and a touch. Ooh. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go EDG. <laughs> let's go EDG here. Uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what you watching for? Uh, well, Franchise uh, talked a little bit about Isaiah Crowell in his fiery phoner, and that is one I'm keeping an eye on, especially because Hugh Jackson did come out and kind of make that mea culpa, that they have not run the ball as much as they'd like to, that they haven't gotten Crowell involved as much as they'd want to over the last few weeks. I mean, let's remember the first three weeks or so of the season, he was playing like a top 10 fantasy running back. And since then, they have kind of abandoned the running game. Maybe part of it's because they're usually playing from behind and trying to catch up. Right. Um. But we'll see if they are able to get him going. Look, I, I know that last week it was Ezekiel Elliott torching the Steelers, but they still have been vulnerable against the run game, and I just can't imagine they want Cody Kessler to go back and, and throw the ball a ton of times. Um, on the other side, it's about whoever the number two receiver is going to be in this Pittsburgh offense. I mean, we know Antonio Brown is going to get his opportunities, but you know, is it Eli Rogers? Are they giving Sammy Coates another opportunity? Uh, who is it really going to be there? Because whoever that person is, there is a chance for them to really give you a, a nice high ceiling uh, because they are probably going to be Big Ben's downfield threat in the offense. So, uh, you know, I, 
I would lean toward Eli Rogers at this point, considering right. what we have seen from Sammy Coates. Sure. But, you know, we have been throwing a curveball in this offense before, so that's going to be one to watch. Uh, I will ask you, I'll ask the group about Ben Roethlisberger. Now, we know about the home road splits on the road, but Cleveland's Don't bad. Don't care. It's Cleveland. Okay. Don't care. Plus, go. doesn't he have something about playing in Ohio? Usually he just the – Well, he's from – he went to school in Ohio. Right. right. Is, he, Ohio. is he from there? Who knows? Uh, I don't believe he's from Ohio, but I think because – but I just feel like there's some narrative about him playing well. In I mean, these, these guys are lunatics, all of them, so they've okay. got to, like, keep themselves competitive somehow when they're, like, just great for so it. many years. So. He actually is uh, from the state of Ohio. There you go. Baltimore at Dallas. Wiz, what you got? Well, I mean, this is kind of uh, the next best matchup of uh, strength versus strength. Last week we had Denver secondary versus New Orleans passing attack. Now, as they said, we have Baltimore rush defense versus Dallas rushing offense. I would tend to side with the – normally I think some of these kind of tip in the favor of the defense, but this right. is one where that combination of the Dallas O-line and Ezekiel Elliott is just, like, historically great. So I wouldn't be too concerned. Uh, on the flip side, on the – the Baltimore offense, which is really what we have to look at here because we know who we're starting in Dallas, including deep sleeper Terrence Williams yeah, for, buddy. for Matt Harmon. Here we go. <laughs> uh, you have to wonder, like, I, I just can't trust this passing attack right now. No. I, I've, li- I've gone, I went back to Steve Smith last week, paid off because he got his touchdown, but, like, man, him and Mike Wallace and Dennis Pitta, who still hasn't had a touchdown, like, no thanks. I'd even be I'm I'd be concerned about starting Terrence West. The one guy I'd feel okay about as a flex is future Hall of Famer Kenneth Dixon. Yeah, buddy. Oh, just because <laughs> just because of his receiving work. He had yeah. five five catches last week. If they're if you know, Flacco's under pressure, they're just trying to move the ball or playing catch up as Love they it. could. Dixon Dixon could offer you a nice floor in PPR as a flex. Jacksonville versus Detroit in D Town. Harmon, what you got? Harmon's eyes roll through the back of his head at that last line of mine there. God. <laughs> uh, well, I think this game is really interesting because it has shootout potential. That's for sure. If Blake Bortles cooperates, which, probably won't. Which you know he has not been good about <laughs> about cooperating. Blake Bortles keeps both teams in the game. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Uh, Detroit, though, allows a 74.1 completion rate to quarterbacks. The next highest team is 69.9 with the Cowboys. I mean, That's so amazing. that just, just shows you it's, it's – I believe it is That's amazing. this far into the season, I believe it is a historically bad completion rate wow. allowed. Uh, they allow pa- 20 passing touchdowns to just four interceptions. So this should be a game where you want to get your Jaguars in there. Okay. Um, I, Darius Slay has not been shadowing much this year, so I think that that's a really good thing for Allen Robinson. I think that he's been he's been playing a lot better too the last few weeks as well. So I think you can start. I think you can start Robinson. I think you can start Bortles. I think even Marquise Lee is wow. is a sleeper wow. consideration this week. I Was wrote him not up. one of your spot starts. I yeah. did. I wrote him up as a spot start. Uh, you know, Allen Hearns has been playing like he's in a weird position. That is Allen Hearns. Like he's he's been playing from the slot. He's not been getting those downfield routes. Um, I I think it, I think it's a good spot for Lee. Uh, and Julius Thomas, I know people are gonna want to chase him. Sure, because the Doyle rules. Because yeah, because all tight ends except Zach Ertz score touchdowns against the Lions. But Thomas barely plays anymore. He's Ooh. been under sixty percent of the snaps the last two games. That's why it's gonna thinking. be Mercedes Lewis. I mean, would it shock it you though? Be. Or or Ben Kuyak? It really could Who? be. He's like their third string tight end. No, he's not. What's, What's his name? Ben, ben Kuyak. Kuyak. Yeah. Kuyak. Kuyak. I don't know. Ben Koyak? He was the one that 
in that Thursday night game against the Titans when it was okay. actually garbage time and everybody's like, all right, you know, this last drive, I'm going to get some A-Rob points yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the, nope. he caught his first five career passes on that, on that drive, did Ben Good. Kuyak. So, and he's – I mean, but he's been playing over Julius Thomas in some situations. Oh, so, man. And Thomas has been bad all year. Which is sort of why like, earlier in the week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, I was kind of on the, hey, Doyle rules, start Julius Thomas train. And okay. as the week has progressed and I've kind of been looking into it, I've – Sort of backed off that. Okay, <laughs> he's also been he's not playing well uh, this this year. Maybe they just line up Allen Robinson as a tight end. Let's hope. I mean, and then uh, on the Lions side, I mean it's this is a pretty confusing distribution right now. I think franchise shared with us that that no receiver has more than twenty three percent of the target share this season, and they've had some injuries and everything like that. But right. Detroit's pass. I mean Jacksonville's pass defense is pretty solid overall. You know they they have they've not given up a ton of big games, so I think you play guys like Golden Tate because he has target totals. The lowest amount of targets he's seen in the last four weeks is nine. So I think you play him. I think you play Eric Spicy. Ebron, Theo okay. Riddick. But I don't know if I'd mess around with Marvin Jones. Oh, you don't trust Marvin Jones? I don't know. I think I'm he's. Scar- pro- I'm scared of Marvin Jones this week. He hasn't yeah. been involved much lately. He hasn't been seeing those number one receiver targets. I think when he it's was true. doing that earlier in the year, teams took notice and started rolling coverage his way. All right, there you go. Tennessee at Indianapolis. What you got, MG? Guys, there might be a watchable AFC South game. 100%. I think it's going to be a shootout. This game could actually be an entertaining AFC South game. I mean, let's take a moment to just drink that <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, I, I think this there will be offense galore in this one. I mean, obviously on the Tennessee side. Right now, everything is clicking in that offense, and it all starts – I guess right now it kind of starts through Marcus Mariota, but I guess oh, yeah. you know, it goes back to originally DeMarco Murray being able to run the ball so uh, effectively. You know what? That's true, too. You but, know, but just sorry to interrupt yeah. there, but like Murray busted off that 75-yard run against the the Packers, but it's still pretty clear like that uh, that, that toe injury is bothering him. So yeah. Mariota has been the, well, the, last, the throttle I'd say force. Definitely the yeah. last month or so it has been, but I mean, I, I'm saying going back to even early in the year for sure. before Mariota kind of turned it up a notch, it, it started with Mar- uh, with Murray in the running game, and so everything is kind of working there. I mean, the fact that in the last few weeks we've seen Rashard Matthews and Kendall Wright be at least viable options, you know, be be at least, you know, as the word goes, rosterable uh, because of what they've done. Sure. And against that Colts defense, I don't really expect any of that to change, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see the Titans again maybe not as drastic as last week, but jump out to a lead mm-hmm. against the bad Colts defense. On the flip side, that is going to put Andrew Luck in a situation where he's probably going to have to throw the football a lot. I like it. That, I don't think that impacts Frank Gore in a negative way because we've seen him still be a big part of the passing game and still be able to be productive in that situation. But it also bodes well for you know the T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief, Jack Doyle. Yeah. I, I can't say Dwayne Allen. I no. just can't. Oh. I can't say that. But everybody else, everybody I, else. I think, Fire you know, gets some go. life. I, I, I also said that, uh, you know, I feel like this is a game where we could easily see both quarterbacks top 300 yards passing because I, I just have a feeling yeah. this may be a, one of the higher scoring games of the week. I do like it. I like it a lot. Buffalo at Cincinnati. Wiz kid from Wisconsin. What you got? Well, for the, let's just quick run through Buffalo. We, I think Tyrod's in a good spot this week with his rushing ability. Franchise wrote him up, and Aaron Ground is having a great matchup with his rushing ability and the Cincinnati uh, secondary not being uh, up to par. They keep drafting cornerbacks in the first round, but none of them have really hit as they've wanted. They've had some injuries and such as well. Um, and Shady McCoy starting him, Charles Clare, deep sleeper. On the Cincinnati side, I think I'm kind of off of the backfield in this game. The backfield scares the hell out of me. The Bills are only allowing like 3.85 yards per carry on Ooh. the season. 
Uh, their fantasy points against number, you have to look at that closely. It's inflated by 10 rushing touchdowns. However, they're extremely susceptible through the air. They were supposed to have one of the best young cornerback tandems in the league with Stephon Gilmore and Ronald Darby. They're not up to snuff. So love A.J. Green this week. Also love, love, love Tyler Eifert. I mean, he's played well the last two weeks. But right. Rank noted this in like dislike this week. The Bills have given up six 100-yard performances on the year. Three of them have been to tight ends. That's interesting. Wow. So Tyler Eifert should eat. A.J. Green should eat. I'd be worried. I'd be happy to start those two. I'd be a little bit worried about Dalton if you're looking to stream or have him because uh, the Bills lead the league in sacks, and Dalton's been sacked 28 times. Oh, boy. Uh, and last week, that hurt. The Giants got a bunch of pressure on them last week. They had three sacks, I think six or seven hits. Um, and I don't know what the next-gen stats metric would show for that, but that, that kind of rattled Dalton, and he wasn't able to put up the prolific numbers, but his pass catchers still were. All right, Tampa Bay at Kansas City. Harmon, what you got? Yeah, I think this is a pretty straightforward game. We talked about Mike Evans earlier with the Marcus Peters injury. He's, right. in, a, he's in a great spot. I, I think if you're playing Daily Fantasy, he's a guy that you should build around because people might be off of him last week from after last week happened right. and all that. But either way, I think he's in a great spot. Don't want to start Cam Brate at all in this game. Eric Berry and the Chiefs are great at covering the tight ends. Really, They, they held Greg Olson last week. They, they haven't really allowed a big game to a tight end all season. Interesting. Uh, and then the – the backfield, I think that Doug Martin is is pretty much back now. He had 17 touches last week. You know, he didn't play a ton of snaps, but he got in the end zone. I, I think he overtakes the backfield and plays the majority of the, the the snaps this week. So that's about all on the Bucks side, though. To be honest, like the Chiefs defense has played a lot better. They're at home, even if they're missing Marcus Peters. I think that they are starting to get cooking. And then on the Chiefs side. I I play Spencer Ware confidently, and I think Tyreek Hill is at this point the leader in the clubhouse at the wide receiver position. Like he caught ten catches for eighty nine yards <laughs> That's last <just> week. Gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, the guy's got four two speed, man. Like what? So, How do you have ten catches for less than ninety yards? It makes no sense. Alex Smith, Alex Smith, baby. I yeah, know. I know. <laughs> it's a great spot for these Chiefs receivers, uh, but outside of like hoping for a big player, maybe even a safe floor from Hill, you're you're kind of playing with fire. All right, Chris. Conley's out there all the time. He's not doing anything. Sure. I mean, he doesn't really fit with Alex Smith at all. And, and Burt is, you know, hit or miss. Okay. There you go. Chicago at the New York Giants. MG, what you got? Well, you know, it's, it's inspiring start to this segment. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm jazzed up to listen to your as, analysis now. Well, as, the no. brilliant, as the brilliant Ernest L. Thayer once wrote, the outlook was bleak. <laughs> For the Chicago Bears that day. Um, it hasn't been good this week. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey gets suspended. Kyle Long is on injured reserve. Oh. Jay Cutler is still the quarterback. <laughs> um, so that means the, bar, the Bears are going to go and ball out this week because everything suggests that they won't. Uh, you know, Cameron Meredith obviously becomes the wide receiver of record here. Sure. Jordan yeah. Howard, you know, we, we sort of kind of joked, you know, earlier in the week when people asked him if he was hurt and he was like, nah. Um, apparently he's not because he's not on the injury report. There you go. So this story was so weird. So all stupid. So apparently, no, no shock oh that John Fox is at the I center know. of. So apparently, thank you, John. Apparently, Doctor Howard is on top of things with oh, his God. own, you know, medical <laughs> prognosis here. Um, they are going to have to, I think, lean on him, which is going to be very dicey because the Giants can tend to be stronger up front. Um. But, you know, you're relying on Cameron Meredith. You're relying on Eddie Royal. I mean, there was some talk that Marcus Wilson. Is Zach Wilson, Miller love at all? Zach Miller, I think, will get a lot of love. Uh, there was talk that Marcus Wilson maybe oh, could no. possibly suit up, but I, I think that is Who kind of questionable that? right now. Was that was that from Akbar? No. <laughs> no. Did Akbar is, give you that? He is, I believe he is an Akbar all-star. Um, he loves himself so much. Um, you know, it's Love just, 
I am. I just. I, I am so uncertain about what the Bears can offer offensively that I feel like Jordan Howard is the only one I have any level of confidence in. Okay. Everything else just really, really concerns me. Odell could go off. On the other side, Odell could certainly go off. Um, I think. I think Sterling Shepard could end up having a pretty decent day, and I think part of it is. If we see the Jay Cutler we have come to know and unlove over the last couple of years, the Bears are going to turn the ball over, and that means more possessions for the Giants. The problem with that for New York, they can't run the football, whether no. it's Rashad Jennings or Paul Perkins or Orleans Darkwa or O.J. Anderson. They can't move the ball on the ground. That means Eli Manning is going to have to put it up a little bit more. That means good things for OBJ. That means good things for Sterling Shepard. Victor Cruz is back. Victor Cruz potentially is back this week, so good things there too. Arizona, Minnesota, Wiz, what you got? Uh this is an interesting one because pretty much the only person we – there's two players we want to start from Minnesota, and, and neither appears to be in a great spot because uh, Stefan Diggs looked to be in a good place because they've been moving around a lot, playing him out of the slot, but Bruce Arians came out at the beginning of the week and was like, we're going to put Pat Peterson on it. Right. And that's the end of that discussion. Yep, see ya. Which is worrisome because Peterson's playing at an outstanding level, and uh, the Cardinals were getting ripped up through the slot. Like, Jeremy Curley had that crazy game against them true, on true. Thursday night and even last week again. So I'd be concerned about Diggs this week if Pat P does, in fact, shadow him. You know what's um, going to happen. It's going to be an Adam Thielen game, baby. It could be very well be an Adam Thielen. I almost picked him for my deep sleeper. And Kyle Rudolph uh, has been an outstanding tight end, but Arizona has just shut down tight ends. Like, it's not even like a weird FPA thing. Like, oh, they haven't faced anybody good. They've just erased they just shut them down. tight ends. All of them. All, like, all of them are out. So all of them. The trouble is, like, you're stuck in a tough spot with uh, Rudolph because he is seeing good volume, but, like... Do you trust the matchup? I actually, in our Dynasty League, picked up Vernon Davis, and I'm starting him over, over Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph this week. That's not bad. That. That's that's what you look at there. I on don't the, hate it. On the flip side, I mean, this is, a, this is a pretty concentrated game because by the same token, the Minnesota defense is still good, and I'm, I'm starting David Johnson and maybe Larry Fitzgerald, and that's it. And Because everybody else is too got. inconsistent right now. Like, yep. John Brown has been bad. They've been saying he's been sick all year, which yeah. has right. contributed to everything, so I don't think you can start him until – we hear or see that he's 100% right. Flip a coin. Is this a good Michael Floyd week or a bad Michael Floyd week? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm sorry, that's not good analysis, but yeah. if you're desperate, sure. And then uh, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer, no thanks. Oh, thank and then J.J. Nelson. Like, oh. uh, he got his got promoted and then proceeded to drop balls and right. have things bounce off his elbows and go oh. to turnovers. So this is a pretty concentrated game. I mean, Diggs is a risk. Rudolph's a risk. Fitz is kind of a risk, and this is a David game. Johnson, no matter what. This is a game that I will not be watching. Yeah, you talked about Stefan Diggs, too, and I saw the, I believe you retweeted it, Harmon, uh, the Graham Barfield tweet about the target share that Stefan Diggs is seeing. Yeah. But Sam Bradford, my analysis of him is much like it is, well, you know, Alex Smith. It's right. sort of the same. That's true. All right, there you go. Uh, next game on the docket, Miami versus L.A. Jared Goff going to be making his triumphant debut. For the Rams, go Bears! Matt Harmon, what you got? Triumphant is one way to put it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, it's gonna be ugly. I think it's probably going to be ugly. I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, I don't think the Rams even really want to play him, but I think no. they are finally succumbing to the pressure of the fact that Keenum has been so poor lately that they just don't really have any other choice, especially here Better in Better than Los Osweiler. Angeles. Yeah. But they're breaking ground in their new stadium. They might as well break ground on a new quarterback. And oh, see how it goes. Uh, I don't want to start any passing game assets for, for the Rams. I mean, I think you can throw Kenny Britt out there, I guess. I don't know. It's it's matchup wise, it should be a halfway decent spot for Todd Gurley, but the Dolphins have allowed under four yards a carry the last month. 
Uh, I don't think Jared Goff being the starting quarterback makes a damn bit of difference to that outlook. So you know what you're getting yourself into with Todd Gurley. Have fun with that. Uh, As Dolphins side goes, I, of course, like Jay Ajayi. I think you play him every week, though the Rams are a tough front. The passing game is interesting because Ryan Tannehill had had a really good game last week against the Chargers, especially as a deep pass or something we don't think of him as. Uh, and that play-action game is really helping Ryan Tannehill be able to get the deep ball off. But, you know, I, I don't know if I'd f- trust Devontae Parker or Kenny Stills in this spot. And Jarvis Landry, I mean, I think we need to talk about him as a guy that you can't even really start anymore in standard leagues. In yeah, PPR, I, I guess, whatever, you can get away with it. But for the last two years – They've really used him as an extension of the running game because, in their opinion, they did not have a true feature back. So to get like an easy four or five yards, they would just dump it off to uh, to Jarvis Landry there. But you know that is not happening anymore now that they have a a, a foundation back. So I don't know if you can feel confident about playing him at all. Whether you want to call uh, Week Five with Tennessee when Ajayi had like forty yards and a touchdown and looked to start being to take over that backfield, or the game against Pittsburgh when he actually did. Uh, here are Landry's target totals the last five weeks: three, nine, eight, six, six. Right, and the way he plays, the the the, the game that he's about, like he can't have even just eight targets. That's not it's enough. True. It's yeah, true. Yeah, and the only games where he was more usable in fantasy were those nine and eight game, nine and eight target games. But yep. that's two of five in right. the last five weeks. Right. Yikes! New England at San Francisco. MG, what you got? Well. BTW, uh, Gronk officially ruled out. I was going to say, I was just about go. to say, uh, Ian Rappaport just tweeted moments ago that Gronk is not on the plane to head to the Bay Area, so he is not going to play this week. Um, but since the Patriots are coming to Northern California, yes. uh, there are a couple of narratives at play. Okay. One, Tom Brady is coming back home to the South Bay. Oh. Uh, growing up in San Mateo, not terribly far from Santa Clara. That's right. Also, Julian Edelman, who is from Redwood City, which is not far from Santa Clara. Oh, oh man, that's a DFS stack right there. So you've got, the Brady, you've got the Brady-Edelman stack because they'll both be back home in uh, in the Bay Area which, playing the 49ers. And I don't mean to steal thunder, but quick aside for those that are scoffing at the homecoming narrative. You know, Damian Williams scored uh, two touchdowns last week. Yes, it's going back home. Oh, boom! Well, you want Brady also mentioned like mentioned it that he was going to be up for this game, and I think I was listening to this on the DFS Edge podcast with Levitan and Al Zeidenfeld and Peter Jennings. They were saying apparently he said something like. Yeah, the 49ers told me in a workout back when I was drafted that I wasn't what they're looking for. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, like, these guys are lunatics. Like, they use any sort of motivation to play this psychotic game every week when they're at the even at their peak performance. So apparently Brady's taking it seriously. Hey look, when you have a chance to pass up a guy like Tom Brady for Giovanni Carmazzi, you gotta do it. I don't know. That that wow. sounds like I, a I don't even know. <laughs> I don't, that's a fake name. I, I love that narrative, but like it's I get let it, it. go, no, Brady. It is, he is yeah. letting go. Well I just like these let guys go, are li- these guys are literally insane. One more <laughs> what does he need to get him up at this point anymore though? <laughs> one more one more one more piece of fake analysis on that's Tom Brady, Brady is that the last time he was in that stadium at Levi's, uh he was booed. At yeah. the Super Bowl, uh, so this oh, <laughs> he was booed. Holy uh, hell! But really, but seriously, I mean, on the field, the Patriots obviously are a yeah. vastly superior team to the 49ers, and I've, they have the ability to do whatever they want. They can run the football with Garrett Blunt. I think we'll probably see a little more of James White than Deion Lewis if you know Bill Belichick is to believe. Insert laughter here. Uh, but I think that means James White will probably see some more. You know, 
balls out of the backfield as a receiver. LeGarrette Blunt's going to continue to be the hammer. Uh, you know, no Gronk, so instead we'll just throw it to our other monstrous athletic tight end, aka Martellus <laughs> Bennett. Oh, what um, was the Patriots? I know, right? <laughs> it's so terrible. So you know, I think I feel like the only people you can't really start in the Patriots offense, you know, guys like Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan, right? You know, that's kind of it. But everybody else is pretty much a go on the Niners side. I actually like Colin Kaepernick as uh, as a starting quarterback this week, fantasy wise, because one, he is running the football, and he obviously he's not the same guy they were when they went to the Super Bowl a few years back. But he's kind of starting to get comfortable. It looks like in the Chip Kelly offense, he's getting out of the pocket and making plays with his legs. And if this game goes the way I think it will, he'll be forced to throw the ball in the second half as the Niners are playing from behind. Hopefully there is better news for Carlos Hyde this week, who you know yeah. had was it I believe fourteen or thirteen yards on fourteen carries or vice versa. There's fourteen yards on thirteen carries. Either way, it was ungood. So I would think that he'll be a little bit better this week as he gets a little bit healthier. Um, you know, and if you really just kind of want a YOLO play, again, guys like Quentin Patton and Jeremy Curley have been a big part of what they do because they're throwing a lot of short and intermediate passes trying to get back in football games. All right, all avian matchup. Philadelphia, all Seattle. avian matchup. Wizkid from Wisconsin. Ah! <laughs> Give it wow. to me. What the uh, hell was I don't that? Know what just <laughs> happened to the segment. Um, anyways, um, so Seattle – Passing attack, great. CJ Procise. The Eagles' defense is fantastic. They've shown a little more. Uh, they've been a little looser to offenses. That's not. That's not a good expression to say. But you guys threw me off with this bird cause and avian thing. <laughs> they haven't been as great on the road, is what I'm trying to say. And I also think this Seattle offense is hitting its stride to the point where we don't need to worry about matchups with them, much like Agreed. they were late last uh, season. So Doug Baldwin, Jimmy Graham, Fired Procise. Up. I'm still too chicken to play Thomas Rawls. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but that's just me. On the flip side, Franchise wrote a passionate argument for Ryan Matthews in his Aaron Ground this week. You can read it at NFL.com slash Franciscovich. Made a very good point that we kind of been we kind of got duped by toothache gate, I guess, because <laughs> Matthews, his diminished snaps that we talked about so much in weeks eight and nine were partly because he had a toothache that like couldn't even get his helmet on. He had a root canal to solve that. Ah. Then last week he went off. More importantly, though, Seattle without Michael Bennett over their last four games has allowed three 100-yard rushing performances and four rushing touchdowns to running backs. How about that? So, if this Eagles team wants to have a prayer, they're going to need to play the same kind of game they did last week against Atlanta and control the clock, move the ball. They're going to do that through Ryan Matthews. And that's a tough ask against Seattle at home. I know it's a tough ask, but like I said, three of the last four games, 100-plus-yard rusher. And uh, I could maybe see trotting out Sproles in PPR, nothing else. And then Jordan Matthews should avoid Richard Sherman in the slot unless they do the rare thing where they have him shadow somebody because why waste Richard Sherman on DGB or Nelson right. Aguilar? <laughs> right. uh, but other other than that, that's about it. I wouldn't – I would could, you could play the Seattle defense as usual. I wouldn't play the Eagles defense in this game, though. Green Bay at Washington, Matt Harmon, sir. Yeah, so I think for Washington, this is like an everybody-in-the-pool sort of game. The Green Bay defense has not been playing well. They continue to sustain injuries. Right. Uh, I think Rob Kelly can have an okay game, but I just I hate using a two-down plotting running back against a solid run defense in a potential shootout. I mean, just realize that the dude has like a four-point floor because he could easily rush like 
12 times for 40 yards, and that's that. And if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're screwed. But if he does have a big game, I think you sell him after this because his schedule down the stretch is trash. But anyways, uh, back to this game. I think Washington's great. Kirk Cousins has averaged over 300 yards passing per game this year, so I think you can play him with confidence at home. Uh, and then on Green Bay side, I expect Jordy Nelson to see a lot of Josh Norman on the outside, but he's also been playing a, a good amount of yards in the slot over the last three weeks. We talked about how he wasn't getting open earlier in the season. Uh, per next-gen stats, his yards of separation at target was 2.4 yards in the beginning of the season. That is under the NFL average. But since week eight, he's averaged 3.5 yards of separation. A lot of that has to do with him playing in the slot. He's gotten 42.7% of his yards in the slot the last three weeks. Um, so I, I expect him to be able to get off Norman a little bit. He's been good since then. So I, I like Jordy. I like Devontae Adams in this game. I like Randall Cobb out of the slot in this game. So, I mean, again, I think this is a, a really good potential shootout there on Sunday Night Football and something we could see develop into a lot of fantasy. Hey, real quick, a, uh, an update for the Patriots. Not only is Gronk out, but uh, Chris Hogan has been ruled out. So you don't have to worry about even starting him there. Oh, there you go. Um, I wanted to add real quick on the Rob Kelly debate because I know Franchise and I actually have a, a beer wager over this. Ooh, uh, okay, his, here we what go. What did we set it at? Eight points? Eight points? I thought it was just Rob Kelly outscores James Starr. Oh, that's what it was. Yes, oh, right. Yes, yes. But my worry with Kelly, I think I think he's good. I've been a fan of him since the preseason. He's in a pretty good spot against the defense. My worry is that if this game does turn into a shootout, he's going to be riding the pine in favor of Chris Thompson. Because I wrote about this in Fantasy Audibles this week. Um, when they played the Bengals before their bye, a 27-27 tie, that was more of a, more of a shootout. Thompson outsnapped Kelly, and 39 of Thompson's 47 uh, plays came on, or snaps came on passing plays. So if this Washington offense, which is already pass heavy, right. is trading blows with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Rob Kelly's not going to be out there in prime yeah. time. In prime time, I, come on. So, I, so Thompson I, uh, could be Thompson could be a deep sleeper in PPR. I completely agree. I, I mean, I hate owning backs like that in fantasy. I mean, unless it's like Garrett Blunt, who's like the souped-up version of the two-down runner. Yeah, but he, you know, he's on the best offense in the league, and that Washington's helps. been a good offense, but they're not that. Like you're basically, if he doesn't score a touchdown or if he doesn't get 20 carries. You're screwed. Like, there's a lot of ways those kind of backs can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Houston at Oakland. Not at Oakland. At Mexico City. We go to Marcos. Marcos. <laughs> uh, Houston. There's Lamar Miller. There's Lamar Miller. <laughs> That's kind of it. Um, I mean, it. look, there is always the possibility. Hey, there is Akeem Hunt. All right. Oh, my bad. Yes, Apparently. Akeem Hunt also. Oh. Look, there's there's always that possibility that, that Brock Osweiler could put up a a semi decent fantasy number against the Raiders defense, but this is instead of strength versus strength, this is weak versus weak. It really kind of is. I mean, like, do you really want to rely on Brock Osweiler? Is that is that the kind of life you want to live? <laughs> it's not. You don't want to live that kind of life. I mean, we're talking about a guy who has yet to throw for 270 yards in a game this season. Oh god. Um, and, and you know, like like I said, he he could turn around and spaz out and put up you know 16 to 18 points, but. Uh, I don't want to live that way. So that means no Osweiler, obviously, but that means no Nuke. Uh, it means no Will Fuller. It doesn't, you know, any one of their 17 tight ends that they've got there. I just, I don't want any part of that. Mm. Lamar Miller and maybe Akeem Hunt, if you're swinging for the fences, that's about all you can really count on there. On the other side for the Raiders, this is not a bad Texans defense, although they do get worn down because their offense can't move the football at any point. Um, I, I still would take a chance on on Derek Carr on those wideouts, Cooper and Crabtree. Um, you know, we'll see how the backfield touches shake out. I mean, I, I 
I know they've been able to move the ball on the ground. Latavius Murray's had a couple of nice games, and DeAndre Washington's played well. I still would like, you know, for our own selfish fantasy purposes, for Jack Del Rio to kind of settle on a guy and have somebody right. that you know can get you know, 15 to 18 touches a game, that's been really hard to come by in this offense. But I still, I think, would feel okay with giving Latavius Murray a shot in this one. And who knows? Hey, look, they are playing in Mexico City, which I believe is at about 2,000 feet higher elevation than even Denver. Ooh. Yeah, man. Let's step back and just chuck it deep. Let's go. Oh, elevation let's go. stats. <laughs> elevation stats. Uh, one thing I will add about that, though, as the, far as the wide receivers go, this was in our next-gen stats pack. It was a good nugget that Crabtree will probably see more of Jonathan Joseph, who's been one of the better cornerbacks in the league at defending the deep ball. Can I can I say this as well, though? Uh, we talk about the elevation. Now, this is a real thing, though. Okay, like I would Did imagine. You hear this from one of your doctor friends? Or? Negative. I would <laughs> I would imagine that both guys. I mean, if you're, it's hard to go deep repeatedly. At elevation, because, because guys are winded. getting tired, yeah, uh, and it's not like they're going there, you know, a week in advance or whatever to get used to the elevation. They're just going to have to go out there and play. It's going to be tough, I think. Interesting. I think, I think that I think that Monday night game is going to be pretty ugly, dude. Whew, could be. All right, daily daps to get out. Let's do it. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps, cause I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up, daps abound, daps up. All right, daily dap time. I'll start us off. How about that? Yeah, there we All go. Right. Uh, I will give a daily dap because it is McRib season. Uh, oh, six. I freaking love the McRib. I don't know why. <laughs> I know it's fake meat, I and I could get a better barbecue meat sandwich. Most anywhere. Most anywhere. Literally. <laughs> and But I don't care. I don't know what it is about it. I absolutely love when the McRib comes back. <laughs> I have no shame. Uh, <laughs> I respect that. I respect you being open about that on the podcast. I do, I do not respect that. I just want to be completely clear. <laughs> I respect his openness, not, I, not this, the fact that he eats McFly. I would prefer you to keep that kind of stuff to yourself. Listen, pal, after the after the podcast, I'm going straight to Mickey D's. I'm, get, I'm getting three McRibs, and I'm just going to town. I'm blocking you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and, in your phone. <laughs> and, and I'm deleting your number from my phone. Okay, good. Uh, I will also daily dap the Halo franchise, which is yeah. now celebrating the 15-year anniversary since its inception. I cannot tell you how many hours and months I have wasted playing the Halo franchise, but it's Same. been a lot of fun. Uh, I love it. Especially Nerds. when they went Halo 3 and they went online. Oh, boy. Well, Halo 2 is the first one that was did online, and then they perfected it in Halo 3. And Halo 3 like came out actually like the first week I was in college. Oh, no. So, dear oh, no. Lord, did we spend an inordinate amount of time playing Halo 3 multiplayer. That is tremendous. Nerds. And I love it. So there you go. My daily daps. Matt Harmon, what you got? Uh, so my daily dap, I guess, uh, is going to be the show Westworld on HBO. Have we talked about oh. that on this? Oh, have you, have you caught up now? But I have, ca I have caught no up. No spoilers because I'm, I'm waiting for the... I have caught up, but let me just say, I will say, and I will not spoil anything, but it took me a little bit to warm up to. It's slow at the beginning. But I am all the way right. in now. Okay. I mean, I am all the way in. If you can like battle it. through the first three, three and a half episodes, it's like, it's definitely a slog. First of all, I've, I've, I've said this about the show, It's and I don't mean this in a negative way, it's the best show where nothing happens. You're right. <laughs> it takes its damn time. Well, because there's the so many characters at the beginning of it, too, and you're like, which one of these should I give a damn about? <laughs> like, it's hard to, it's hard, and it is okay. slow. That's, that's my main complaint, and that's why I haven't watched anything past episode two. But I, I got you. But and and like, yeah, you dropped off when we when we first started, and and that's fine. Uh, but like, 
it's like the concept of it was incredibly fascinating at first and it re- that that remains very fascinating and was enough to keep me going but there now definitely completely this, all the way and in. this is okay. why i stopped because i was like if this continues and it doesn't get much better i'm gonna be so mad i wasted 10 to 13 hours of saying. my life on this so i, I was get, like i get what you're saying i was like i'm gonna sit we have hbo go if yeah. it's great then boom over the holidays or whatever i'll bang through three episodes a day or yeah, yeah. you know as soon as the season's over but until then, I was like, I was like, I'm out. I can't do this. Was, like, I, can't. I almost fell asleep Gellhar, in each of the first two episodes, and I don't fall asleep during television. Gelhar let me run out as the guinea pig. <laughs> you go out there and waste your time. I, I don't think uh, it's not. This is not one of those marathon shows, though, because you can't. It's hard to binge watch. Well, it's hard. It is a hard binge. If watch. I want to yeah. catch up, I'll I'll knock out. I said a couple. I'm not going to yeah. watch all six. <laughs> no, no. Guys. I'm just saying it's hard. It's, I know, yeah. which is still not a ringing endorsement. Like, man, this show's so good, but. You can't, you can't watch like more than one. No, you, you really you really have to like. Digest. Yeah, God, it's yeah. You, really have to, slow. you have to. It's it's one of those shows like it's not for. Like, this is not this is not a New York style pizza where you can like you know chow down on a few slices. Right. This is a Chicago deep dish. Yep. Like you get in there and you get one and you're That's like, true. all right, let me digest. I need, to, that. I need to breathe. Yes. And then we'll come back. There's a lot going on. <laughs> I like it. Uh, by the way, if you do, if, for anyone listening, if you do watch this show, don't skip over the previews. Uh, like the the teaser previews before the show happens, because the way they edit that all together, it's very concise and actually helps you. Yes, keep keep things together, and it actually shows you connects dots that you wouldn't have caught maybe on your own. It's really good. Yeah. So there you go. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Uh, my daily dap goes out to Dave Damashek, and uh, yesterday okay. was. Pie off five. Love it. Um, I guess the day of that goes out to that to Damashek one for putting together his yearly pie contest. But to everybody who got involved in it, you know, I Ooh, it was I, fun. I submitted a pie. Matt Harmon submitted a, a pie. What was your pie? Mine was a chocolate chip cheesecake pie. A chocolate chip cheese. Let me tell you, it got a lot of good responses. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sheck right. Sheck said he liked it a lot. A lot of people. Marvel liked it. Oh, and, yeah. and, 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 and gee, what was yours? Uh, I had a, it was just a sweet potato pie. It was my grandmother's recipe that I had a few Ooh. twists on. Okay, added a few twists. Um, I liked Patrick Claybon's tweet live from the pie off when okay. I think it was Dylan came to you and said, "Is that a pumpkin pie?" And what was your response, Marcus? Uh, I'm an American. It's sweet potato. <laughs> S- similar to when you said, uh, "What? What did you say when we were at the gulp uh, that one night?" Well, Somebody there asked was a lot of pumpkin, booze. A pumpkin but, and I yeah, said, you said, "Yeah." What I said, "Yeah, you you can get if you want to get down with sweet potatoes, bland cousin. Don't let me stop you." Ah, <laughs> oh, um, I know. I tweeted that quote out. So, uh, but it was it was a really it was a really fun event. Uh, I believe there were about. Somewhere around 30 entrants this year. Which it, I think it, is grows. The it, it grows. It grows every year. It's like 30 entrants. Um, there were a few savory pies. Dylan Milner had a very good shepherd's pie. Ooh, very good. Oh, that's uh, And uh, big props go out to Dan Hansis, the CEO of Hansis Corp. Hansis Corp. His, uh, his mother-in-law, who was in town from Texas, made a phenomenal uh, chocolate chip pecan pie. That uh, had, I guess, it had like a bourbon, bourbon whipped cream yeah. and it was like a bourbon infused what? in the uh, the caramel or something. It was amazing. Uh, and so for Hansis Corp, it was their third win in five seasons. That's amazing. And at the end, uh, Mama Bates, uh, Dan Hansis's mother-in-law, dropped yeah. a bomb on the crowd by saying she was retiring. Oh, dang. From the pie. Wait, so did, did Hansis lift up the trophy and say, like, this one is for Mama Bates <laughs> at the end? That would have been great. It didn't quite happen, but that would have been amazing. And uh, Dylan Milner has kind of cemented himself as the Buffalo Bills yeah. of this pie contest. He keeps getting to the finals? He keeps, keeps getting he was, to the uh, He was place. the runner-up 
Cup this year. Again. Yeah. Always wow. a bridesmaid. Never bribe. But he's the, he's the Susan Lucci of the pie off. That's impressive because he came through with a savory pie. Yeah. It was a very good savory pie. It was damn good. It was very good. It was a, a shepherd's pie, as I mentioned, that he included his own homemade beer because he's also a, a craft oh. brewer. So, yeah, it was good. Okay, that's fancy. Nice. You know the problem with the pie off as a competition, like as an entrant in yes. it? Well, and this is not really a problem because you get to eat pie. Like, I was very happy with that, my pie. Like, it was the first pie I ever made. I was yeah. Oh, you never made a pie? Literally never until that. I was pleased, wow. with, pleased with everything. Uh, but the problem is, like, you go through and you're eating all, like, it's the only competition where you're also, like, enjoying other people's things. Like, you go through and I ate, like, Mama Hands or, or Mama Bates' pie, and I'm like, oh, man, I lost. When I had that pie, I'm like, well, this one's over. Oh, yeah. I I'm, yeah, it's, it's hard to be, but at the same time, but it also, you get uh, to eat pie. It also gave me some ideas on how to be more creative and successful in uh, case I decide to enter Pie Off 6. I see. Oh, I'm, I'm in on Pie Off 6. Oh, I missed out. Unless yeah, I get yeah. fired, I just I want I want There's to always that. I want to hoist the Piesman Trophy. The Piesman Trophy. Yes. The the pie analogies and the the pie puns, out of control. I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't watch any of it, but I can only imagine if Sheck is running this show. Yes. Uh, the opportunities. The Piesman Trophy is a lot of puns, and it also starts about a half hour late. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's a complete Sheck production. <laughs> okay. Whiskey from Wisconsin. Uh, real quick, I've dapped the show two or three times in this podcast before, but okay. You're the worst had its season three finale on Wednesday night. It it's is just three seasons. Of three that? seasons. They oh, got a fourth one coming up too. Okay, and uh, it's just a fantastic show. Right. Uh, it's it's it explores a lot of really real issues. I think the interpersonal relationships between the characters are much more real and not telegraphed and phony like you see in a lot of sitcoms. It's it's real people with real issues and and real personalities, and it's it's just a super enjoyable show. So I love okay. it, and uh, I would love for more people to watch it. So keep it going. Boom. And the second daily dap. Is to our podcast listeners. Okay. Because I was looking at some of the uh, the numbers, looking at some oh, stats for the, the podcast. Got to look at those numbers, baby. And we have already, even in November, as fantasy starting to wane a little bit yeah. in this month, had more people download our episodes than we did all of November last year. What? Wow. So thank you, Is listeners, that right? Thank for you. For continuing to come back. Thank you for tweeting at us. Thank That's you for great. writing reviews on iTunes and stuff. Please write more because those, those help out the podcast yeah, they do. more than your tweets, although we love your tweets. Um, so review the podcast, share it with your friends. I know a lot of you, I get a lot of tweets hilariously enough that are like, love the podcast, but I'm not going to tell anybody else to listen to it because I need your advice to win. <laughs> but you know, it's just the tell season. Them, just tell them to listen to the daily dabs at the it's end. It's the season of giving. So season give giving. your family Friend. members and ah, friends and good. coworkers to get to the podcast. But we appreciate all of you guys listening in. If you didn't, we wouldn't get to do this and sit up here and talk nonsense about pies and other stuff, uh, for hours on end. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, so there you go. That's the show for the WizKid for Wisconsin. MG My Guy, Marcus Grant, and Matt Harmon. And, of course, Franchise on the phone. I'm James Coe. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.